Hello and welcome to Best of Five, your weekly FGC talk show featuring just the three of us today. Efren's on vacation. He's, um, you know, doing lame stuff like being at home with his family instead of here with his <laughs> wider family. Um, joined as always is Steve, Ace King, Osut, Jurek, and John Velocal Raptor Guerrero from out there in uh, the infinite void. Yes. You mean the infinite? The infinite Azure, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Better get it right. Do you think do you think TCC gives his breakdowns to the infinite void? That's prob- probably not. Although it's always interesting to me the way they do do the Tekken stages and how they're randomly selected and how half of them are different. I don't know. I feel like Street Fighter players would complain about that if a stage was even like one millimeter wider than another one. That being said, that's how it's always been. Um, and another thing that's how it's always been is that we will start this show with a recap. Before and we go this- to the recap, we need to thank a couple people. We're oh, not going to okay. thank the last person that subscribed. Okay, no, no Pepito Hawks. No, no. But uh, OS Pith and Kwanzai, thanks for subscribing. Thank you, guys. Really do appreciate that. Come on, Efren. Efren's, crap. Efren's crap. clapping, crap. too. <laughs> now, Efren might be in the infinite void. I see nothing but a white background. Yep. So. Oh, I see sensitive Efren in his nice little sweater. Oh, and Sleaziness just subscribed with Twitch Prime. Thank you. Thank you, Sleaziness. Yes, yes. For everybody out there with the Twitch Prime, uh, just use it on us because you're going to forget about it. Uh, so if you go up and you use uh, free subscribe, use it here on us, and uh, we'll appreciate it. Yes. If you if you leave and try to use it on someone else, you're just going to forget. But anyway, how about that recap, though? Let's do it because, man, this is a big one. Um, there were... Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about CEO, but there were a couple other events uh, that went down this weekend. Kick it off with the finals of the Street Fighter League Season 1. Street Fighter League U.S. Season 1, I should say. Uh, And that was won by the team who jumped out to the early lead uh, at the beginning of the season. Team Inferno, uh, the team of Punk, JB, and Broly Legs, they take it over Team Gale, uh, Knuckle Dew Shine, and Rob TV in the grand final. Uh, so they are the champions. They take home $30,000 to split, and they're coming back for season two, as is Team Gale. Uh, the other four teams in the league, thanks for playing. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Now, interestingly enough, I was looking at stats. The Street Fighter League website is actually pretty good, and it does have stats for each player and each match, etc. And it's kind of interesting because Team Inferno has the worst performing player on the entire circuit, Broly Legs, who only won one match the entire time. But mm-hmm. Punk was able to win around 95% of his matches to make up for that. And basically every time it came down to him, he would OCV the other team. Team Gale was on the other side and had three pretty well-performing players, none of which completely carried the team. So in that sense, there were different strategies or team makeups per se that we're able to win. Um, it is pretty cool though, that the $30,000 goes to the team that Broly legs is on, even though he didn't perform all that great, because I know that it's been a while and um, he's been trying to raise money for a new van that uh, yeah, helps that him get awesome. around and such. And so, you know, that uh, the lion's share of this 10 K that he's about to get is going to go towards that. I think that's pretty cool. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Totally deserved. It's just, it's, I wonder if they could make the format, more less rewarding of having the single best player in the tournament just because it looks like punk 
could have been played. And JB did very well as well. But, I mean, I think if you had put Punk with any two players on the entire roster, he would have won. I, I think if you look at something like uh, uh, Gfinity's format, where you have a team of three, and then you your first three matches, each player has to go once. Your second three, each player has to go once. And then you can pick a third to uh, one player to play game seven. Uh, I think something like that would make it a little bit uh, more like what you're you're going for because yeah, I mean, no disrespect intended to Broly Legs, but he didn't do all that well, and yet he's a champion because he happens to be on a team with with two guys who were on fire for most of the league, which lasted months and months. Yeah, I'm gonna be the one to actually straight up say this right now. Which is, I really hope in the next season of this, they they find a way to do this differently. Because I don't have any insider info, and I'm actually serious about that. But I can tell you that this was not this was not filmed over months and months. This was filmed probably in a single weekend. And when you film this in a single weekend, and you tell Toy he can't play Bison, and you tell Idom he can't play Laura, you get their birdies, which sucked and did not win and were terrible. But if you had given them eight weeks, maybe they could have learned how to play him. So, I don't know. I think it would have been more interesting. And I think that's part of why Punk was so dominant is because he came into this with secondaries already prepared. So, food for thought. I think they could do some cool stuff next time. I, I, it was definitely a good primer, but there's a lot to do. It did turn out, I think, a lot better than some people had feared. You know, as soon as the character ban issue came out, people thought it was dead in the water. It was pretty entertaining. You know, it was, it might not have been the highest, highest level of play that you see, especially, you know, when it's right in the middle of CPT premiere event after CPT premiere event. But it was still a fun way to show who these people are, who these players are, uh, let them connect with the audience in a new way, both you know, both the players and the game itself. So I, I, I think there's a lot of good that did come out of this and it'll be interesting to see what happens in season two. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, while we were talking, we got a few people to thank the Hotto, AKA combo breaker, Rick. Thank you for your subscription as well as grown up Mike and Zalbag, uh, Bellu. I always mispronounce his second name. Do we I know how to apologize. actually pronounce it? Do we know if we pronounced it right ever? Well, I, um, I, I say we just keep rolling the roulette and try it a different way every month that he resubs, and then we'll eventually get it. Oh, Biolve? Yeah, okay. Yep. I, I, I like the uh, roulette idea. Uh, it was a busy weekend for the Arc Revo World Tour because you not only had um, – excuse me, you not only had CEO, but you had two other events go down – uh, Fujisoft Akiba Plaza took place in Japan this weekend. This was Blaze Blue Cross Tag only uh, to make up for an earlier event that was only for the other two games because it was on arcade. Uh, Koji KOG got yet another win, but since he's already got the automatic qualifying spot, it goes to Kubo. Uh, so he is headed to the Arc Revo World Tour finals uh we take a, oh i don't have the graphic for the other event sanquo in china uh, 
let me see if I can get the list up. But while I'm looking at that, we can talk about uh, the the Blaze Blue Tag Tournament at Evo mm-hmm. or at CEO, excuse me. Uh, also part of the Arxis World Tour, Arc Revo World Tour, excuse me. And Tempest Romeo took it over Rhino in the Grand Finals to get the uh, victory. Uh, so he is headed to Arc Revo World Tour Finals. Rhino in, in still in contention to qualify. Uh, if we take a look at the global standings for that one event left, uh, that being Evo, Rhino in third in the U.S. standings behind or North America behind LTL and Basse. So it's got to make at least uh, top six at Evo, but still in the running to do so. So what are those lines? Sorry. Uh, the lines are basically everyone below the line. It is impossible for them to qualify. Oh, okay. Everyone in above the line still has a chance. Uh, Uri, for example, he would need LTL to win Evo. Or, yeah, he would need LTL to win Evo uh, to, to have any sort of chance of qualifying. But he still technically has a shot. Whereas Altamox, even... He, the only way he can get in is winning outright. All right. Uh, kicking it over to the other Blaze Blue game at CEO, Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Uh, another win for Fenrich, taking it over Soji in the grand final. But good weekend for Soji. His second place finish is enough to get him into uh, Arc Revo World Tour finals. And he will. The race to see who will join him is coming down to the wire uh, in Japan, especially. Uh, you've got so many players within 100 points of the top spot. Yuta, Kogatan, Jans, and Nakashima. Any of those guys get top eight, they can take the qualifying spot. Beta Dude in very, very strong position to take the North American spot. Sacred Azure, very, very strong uh, spot for the Europe qualifying place. And puppy, and, the only player oh, in Asia. I'm just, I'm just. What, what is the deal with puppy in Asia? So the four regions are North America, Europe, Japan, and Asia. With Asia being all of Japan, all of Asia, not Japan. So he is the only person from Asia that isn't a Japanese player to make a top eight so far. Okay. There you go. So if if he can get if he can. Dodge one more bullet, Puppy is going to our Viva <laughs> World Tour Finals. That's sick. Uh, and then we've got uh, Guilty Gear as well. Uh, this time the winner actually did get the spot. It is Lost Soul, uh, who was one of the players sent to CEO by Justin Wong and his J Wong squad, uh, getting the nod over Hotashi to get the spot in Arc Revo World Tour Finals. Congratulations to him. Uh, at, we know one other person who will join him, and that's King Rasta from Europe. He is mathematically assured of taking the spot from Europe. Uh, excuse me. The race in Japan is down to the wire, as is North America with Bjorn and Peppery Splash. Uh, very close. If either one of those make top eight at Evo, they can have a big impact on the race. Uh, we can kick it over to the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour kickoff event. 
Uh, it's the first event. It's the only one we know of before Evo, which <laughs> we might talk about later. Uh, but Goichi, once again, starting things off the, the same way he ended most of last season on an absolute roll, getting the win over Fenrich. Uh, the graphic not working? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, so Goichi in first, Fenrich second, to kill Save Sonic Fox third and fourth, Dogar and Nokami tying for fifth, Kazunoko and Shanks coming over from Spain, uh, rounding out the top eight. Europe's got some players. Yeah, yeah, it's been a pretty international game for sure, with people from different areas doing very, very well. Um, got it. Yay. A lot of consistency for the most part. You see some players who are. I mean, you you wonder what's because other people have gotten better and what's because the game has fallen in entrance, right? Like, is Kazunoko, has he really been overtaken? Or, you know, what explains that? Same with Hook Gang God. Definitely interesting to see. And the question is, how much focus is are these players putting on this right. game? You know, yeah, we, you got to wonder, we, does the DBZ World Tour being in the state it is affect that? Who knows? Uh, let's take it, let's take it over. Let's kick it over to, uh, there we go. Uh, do we have DOA? Good to go. Yes. DOA. Uh, first, this was the first of three offline fatal matches, which means the winner automatically qualifies for the world championship. And that was Excalibur Blades, who has been putting in massive work in the U.S., uh, taking it over Hoodless to get the automatic qualifying spot. Uh, of note, you had Seologica uh, and Terrorock come over from Japan. Those two had been two of the best players um, in the first couple of Asian events. Uh, and they both got knocked out before top four. So strong performance for the U.S., in DOA this weekend. And then Excalibur Blades, of course, he doesn't have to worry about anything else the rest of the season. He is in. Uh, let's kick it over to the final day, the Sunday games, uh, the main stage games, I should say. Uh, starting early in the morning with uh, Tekken. This was a nuts, nuts tournament, but Knee got the win. First player. I wonder who called that. God damn it. I, I, I'm a little salty. I'm a little salty, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but Knee, a.k.a. Thanos, a.k.a. the Tekken God, takes it over his teammate Chanel. Uh, JDCR, top three finish for him. Uh, good to see that. Big surprise, kind of obscure, being the top American finisher ahead of Anakin and Jimmy J and Cuddlecore. Obscure had himself a nice week weekend. Um, so congratulations to, and good to see him, uh, make top eight. He's someone who's always in the mix. We really haven't seen this sort of performance on the Tekken world tour for him, but he's always someone who's a dangerous out. So it's glad it's good to see him get, uh, get some, uh, recognition for that. Also, dang, uh, before we move on, yes. really needs the only player that's gotten, Double master events this year? Yes. That's fucking crazy. And and that's that also includes uh even if you include uh challenger events. 
he's the only multiple event winner so far. Dang, Tekken's so volatile and random. It is. It, it, it's a terrible game. Yes, it's awful. That's what they would say. It should definitely not be the final game at Evo this year. Absolutely not. If you're oh, watching Tekken, if you're watching Tekken, you are not. You are. Uh, yeah, shut up, Shields. It's almost like when games get really competitive, people get really good and able to beat each other. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. All right, enough of that. Uh, let's kick it to Street Fighter V, uh, the second of the four main stage games at CEO. And a name we haven't seen at the top of the Premier List uh, results screen for a couple years, Bonchan, taking it over Fujimura. I wonder who called Fujimura in grand finals. I had no idea. Stupid. Bonchan looks uh, so good this weekend. Like, wow. I've never seen someone like he may when he's winning look like the best player. And I mean, I guess everyone when they're winning looks like the best player, but I mean even among other people when they're winning. No, they're like Fujimura, I think it was last year when he went on his absolute tear <clears throat> and like just murdered everybody and I forget which tournament it was, or maybe it was two years ago. That it was like that day, Fujimura was the best player on the planet. And like maybe it won't be the case next week. But that day, like, no one was beating this guy. And I feel like that's kind of how Bonchan felt, or looked, I should say, um, during top eight of CEO. For sure. Yeah. Hey, did, um, uh, did Punk not enter? Punk? No, he totally did. Oh, okay. And he got uh, 17th, if I remember correctly. He lost to Smug, and he lost to Sako. Okay. Of which he, but, he defended on Twitter as saying he was only upset about losing to Sako, which I found funny. Uh, we there is one name I do want to mention uh, as far as American players, Dual Kevin. Really impressive. How is how did this guy get so good at this game so quickly? I mean, obviously one of the best MVCI players in the world, if not the best. Um, but to go from that to get to not just being good at Street Fighter, but at the level where you're making top eight at stack premieres like this is as quickly as he has done has just been absolutely mind blowing. He's played street fighter five. I think basically since it came out, but I think it's only recently that he's taken it this seriously. And you can tell what the difference is from dual Kevin playing. This is his third game to dual Kevin playing. This is his first game. And this will well, be he's had six months or whatever it is, like eleven weeks of practice, right? At, yeah, uh, eleven. And yeah, and also the <laughs> eight weeks or eleven weeks he's gotten to spend playing with Punk and Justin Wong, probably really upgraded him as well. Yeah. Well, there's also a, a, a cheat on the character select screen. If you are start on the player two side oh, and you yeah. press left four times and down twice, and then you hit enter, um, you get a character named Rashid, and yeah. uh, he's just so much better than almost everyone else that it's. Um, I think that that uh, that took him. A, you know, Kevin's a good player, but he also had the Rashid cheat. Okay, this joke oh, oh. this joke aside, is that actually how you get the Rashid? And if so, how the uh, fuck? <laughs> Did you actually memorize it just for the sake of this joke? You believe that I would put that much effort into a joke, and so I think I win either way. Yes. <laughs> it was a cool top eight, though. I think it was eight unique characters. Um there was blow-ups and there was close matches. It was it was a good weekend for Street Fighter V, I would say. Um, one thing that stood out to me is Daigo played on Hitbox in a premiere, right? I mean, he played Hitbox yeah. Guy on a premiere, and 
Daigo said something that was translated by FGC Translated, who I like to refer to a lot, where he said, you know, wow, like hitbox. Like he, he was playing Guile on hitbox in training mode, and he was doing these super late flash kicks, and he was showing that you can get Oki off of a late flash kick, which is something that you can basically only do on a hitbox, because that's the only way you can press it so late that you'll have them low enough in order to dash up and meaty. And... I believed him, and then I watched him play this weekend, and I was like, holy shit. As a former Guile player, this is a different world. So, I think it's... Yeah, at that level, little tiny nuances like that, getting Oki versus not getting Oki, is sometimes the difference between, a you know, like an entire tier worth of, you know, where a character lands on the tier list and such. And so, if you can do that consistently, and I mean, if Daigo knows about it, he's going to start doing it consistently. I think that totally upgrades the character. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, Ibuki was considered a bad matchup for Guile because she can jump and throw the EX Kunai and beat EX Flash Kick um, on his reaction. But Daigo was able, and this is not only the hitbox, but a testament to him as a player. He was able to wait long enough because he can react so fast that he could identify it was EX Kunai and Flash Kick later in order to beat it. It was truly incredible. Like, stuff I've never seen before. So I think Daigo making this performance with the hitbox might open the floodgates. And I think you might start seeing a lot of top Japanese players switch over. And then then it'll be too late. So you all got what you asked for. See, I don't know if... Do you really think it's going to make that much of a difference? I mean, you might see... I think everyone will play it. I, I think, you know, you might see a handful of uh, players pick it up, but I, I, I feel like like this new generation coming up is so used to pad that I, I don't think it will necessarily be as big of a shift as, as That's all true. That. I think it'll be pad and hitbox, but I think stick is going to go the way of the dinosaur. That's, that's my opinion. We'll see, though. All right. Um, it's a good top eight, though. I'm just I, yeah. I was bringing that up. That I think it's the first premiere that a Japanese player has played hitbox in. So I mean that's kind of a landmark in its own right. I will take your word for that because I don't keep track of that on my spreadsheet. Oh, that's got the it. One thing that Steve you need the know. you need the hitbox asterisk next to every win, so that in 20 <laughs> years when we ban it, we can look back on it like steroids in baseball. Give it the Barry Bonds treatment. Um, let's talk a little Mortal Kombat, shall we? Uh, this was a, also part of the Mortal Kombat Pro Competition, and the name up top didn't look like it was going to be the name up top uh, at first. Sonic Fox taking it over Dragon. Uh, yeah, yeah, screw you. Screw you, Mike. You were sweating. But, man, Dragon... 3 Odom in winner's finals. And it wasn't like a competitive, you know, each game was close. It was a blow-up. It looked like Sonic Fox had nothing for him. And the first game of grand finals, it looked much the same way. And then Sonic Fox just flipped the switch and got the win. So congratulations to him. Uh, Ninja Killer making uh, top four as well. First ever Uh, big tournament. Yeah. Uh, Tweety, Tweety, good weekend for him. Uh, Foxy Grandpa making top three. Uh, good to see Dragon at least coming back, you know, after his 
sort of semi-retirement. I think half the players here are like under 20 and half of them are over 30. So a crazy. You're not even allowed to play Mortal Kombat if you're that young. Yeah, well, tell that to Ninja Kill. I think that was actually a problem for him for a while. Is that he was literally not allowed to enter tournaments. Like, I, I thought that the rule was still in place where you had to be 18. Um, He's not 18. I'm nearly positive. I'm, I'm nearly... They, they may have... Uh, they may have uh, made an adjustment to that because I know a bunch of people were saying, well, let them play if they get parental permission. But Combat, Dragon, and Ninja Killa are all really young, and Sonic Fox is young too. So... Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's weird to think of Sonic Fox as young, even though he's been around for, you know, five years at this point. Just making the rest of us feel like we haven't accomplished anything in our lives. Oh, the chat is saying they made a form for Ninja Killa to be able to get wavered into the tournament. So very interesting. I think it's a good move by them. So shout outs to NRS. Yeah. And, and shout outs to Intersport too, because they're the ones who are organizing a, a good chunk of the uh, pro competition. Very cool. All right. And now it's time to talk about everyone's favorite game, the main event of CEO, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, they won the entrant count. Uh, they won the, the, the top eight entrance game by a wide margin, and we'll talk about that later. Which means that if you win this and people were betting on you, I feel like this game should get a little bit more weight than all the other games. You can give it plenty more weight if you want. I don't think it's going to change anything. I think it's three times as much. (laughs) Three times, okay. Oh, man. But MKLeo, once again, a back-to-back CEO champion, won the final Wii U tournament at CEO last year wins the first ultimate tournament this year, taking it over Mars in the grand finals. Who called Mars? Let me tell you a little bit. Well, actually we'll get into this afterwards, but yeah, Yeah. it was a, it was a good, it was a really awesome um, top eight. And I mean, it's pretty cool that a game like smash that has been for a long time been dominated by the USA. The top five is Mexico, USA, Canada, USA, France, you know, pretty sweet. All of these yeah. games are getting so international, and I think that is the best part about the FGC maturing in terms of watching it to me, is that we're at the point where like every single nation is starting to get people at the top. I mean, who would have thought Book from Thailand would be dominating in Tekken? Who would have thought that you know people from Spain would be dominating in DBZ? It's pretty cool. What about Arslan Ash from Pakistan? Arslan Ash from yeah. Pakistan. That's probably the best Ash. example, right? Arslan Ash. Arslan Ash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty sick. I love it. All right. There are a few other games that went down at CEO, uh, including Brawlhalla. This was actually the mid-season championship mm. for that game. So you had $25,000 pot bonuses in both singles and doubles. Uh Sandstorm, who is totally a real person. Can we get a name check on Sandstorm? And does it uh, end in Kov? Has anyone has anyone checked? checked? So Sandstorm wins the singles title, teams up with Boomy to win the double title. Congratulations to him. Uh, Blue God takes the crown in Soul Caliber 6. Hungry Box 
wins in melee. Unfortunately for uh, Efren, he did not win in ultimate, so he got no points off of that. And uh, Red Blade taking the Unist crown. And that was CEO. We've got more action coming up this weekend, too. Uh, you think it's over? No. We've got another premiere event coming up. Uh, Game Over Tournament. Uh, CPT premiere uh, out in the Dominican Republic. Uh, the Street Fighter V action will be on Capcom Fighters. Other streams to be announced. Uh, you also have Vianality, which is a premiere event for the MK11 Pro Competition. And you've got Well Played Challenger, uh, the Tekken World Tour event coming up this weekend in Japan. So another busy weekend as we kick off July. Last thing to note on CEO, just results-wise, there was a Samurai Showdown tournament there as well. It was a week one tournament, um, and it was won by Justin Wong, who played Weird. Tam Tam. Um, and he, he played versus his, his claimed mentor, Corey Bell, in the grand finals. And it was Is a, there a more Justin Wongy game, though, when you're talking about No, I mean, you watch games, this, yeah. and you're like, he might be the best in the world. Like, there's, you can't think of a game that this guy is more suited to play than, mm-hmm. than Samurai Showdown, so... I think he is a front runner for Evo for sure. And he's been, he's been like tweeting about Samurai Showdown a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that be his focus for Evo. Pick up another ring. So, so Blue is, oh, um, I should probably mention uh, uh, thanks to Blue. He helped us out with, uh, like I said, the Anime FGC news account on Twitter is a definite follow. Uh, there was another tournament uh, out in China, San Kuo. Uh, this was a this was the finals for the three games uh, on the Arc Revo Tour. Uh, no points awarded, but the winners did qualify for the uh, Arc Revo World Tour finals. So Yuki got the win in Blaze Blue Tag, EX got the win in Xrd, and Shadow GTX 1080 is headed to Arc Revo America uh, for winning Blaze Blue Central Fiction. So congratulations to those three players as well. Very nice. And remembering that I host a show, I'll bring up something else did happen this past week at CEO that Steve alluded to, which is that we, we being myself, Steve, John, and um, Efren, who is, who is definitely here and not, not here, had a little competition where we decided that we would pick who we thought the best players of each game would be. And we decided we would look through and we'd fairly select in a fairly selected order who got to choose who would be the best player in what game, and we'd each choose one player from each of four games, and the winner would win a pizza and a Tesla um, paid for by the other, by the other hosts. I, I, I don't remember anything about a Tesla. Check the fine print. Check the fine print. And... Yeah. I, think I made we, the fine print. I think we have a slide with who won that. If you want to pull it up. With a score of zero in fourth place, we have Efren with 35. <laughs> and Steve was Steve was bragging on Sunday that he could still win, I think, at one point. Um, I'm salty because look at that. Look at that. Tell me one pick that was bad. <laughs> Tell me like, one pick had, that was good. I had three make top eight, and the one that didn't was freaking Punk, the number one <laughs> player in the world. 
and somehow I almost finished tied with a guy who picked Broly Legs and Hungry Box. John got lucky and did pick up 285 points um, with a win out of MK Leo, which I believe was the first pick of the draft, was MK Leo. <laughs> and then I, Mike, got 600 points. And let me tell you the story of this where I picked Tweak to win Super <laughs> I picked Tweak to win Super Smash Bros for um the Switch. But he decided on Thursday that he would not be coming to CEO, at which point I proclaimed in the best of 5 chat that I was switching to Mars before the tournament started. And that is how I came up with two firsts and two seconds. So, thank you everyone. And it makes me feel bad that even if we didn't let him switch, he would have won anyway. Yes, by over 100 points. So, congratulations to me. Um, Sucks for everyone else. Um, But more important than me and more important than my pizza is that we had a viewer contest for this as well, where you were able to choose from any, any player that was not selected by the four of us, leaving, you know, I believe thousands of players after 16 players were selected. And we do have a winner for that. Um, and before we announce it, we'll say Gumball Dead just subscribe. So thank you for subscribing, Gumball Dead. Thank you, Gumball. We appreciate you. And the winner was somebody foil. Somebody foil beat all but me and John, despite getting to pick from all of the leftovers, getting 220 points with Dragon, Fudo, Jimmy J. Tran, and Mars. Beating out Abev KY, who had almost the exact same picks outside of the bus. So congratulations to somebody foil who will be getting, what are we giving again? Uh, We're giving them a $20 gift card to the pizza place of their choice. Very nice. So we can simultaneously eat our pizzas. We will... uh, we will uh, be DMing you on Twitter after the show uh, to get that sorted out. So congratulations to you. Uh, apologies to Blue, who, who uh, joins FN in the Over Club. <laughs> With, again, good picks. Now, what's interesting is if one person had selected Bonchan, the only player to get first place that was not already taken, they would have won by default. Even if they had let Efren choose their wait, other three picks. Why? Wait, why did that not show up? Hold on. Hold on. What a 200 point. Oh, you mean. Hold on. Oh, wait, it's 200 points, not 300. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, never mind. They would, have, they would have instantly jumped a second. Sorry. So no one's. You know, we're just letting oh, Mike win these pizza why. bets so that he, we that's can fatten why. him up and then make fun of him. What's why what? What's going on? Yeah, Ryu Dragon is is uh, saying he should have won. He picked pretty much everyone we picked. Oh, yeah, like his picks were. We picked. Oh, he picked our picks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the way we did this was that you had to select picks from outside of the sixteen picks that we as we made originally, which may or may not be the best way to do it. Y'all can chime in on that. Would you rather, if we did this in the future, would you rather pick from the field as a whole or would you rather pick from the picks that we don't pick? I think it's almost a little more interesting in that way because you have to think a lot harder about who it's going to be when Tokido and Punk are gone. But if you guys would rather as a whole just select from the field, we'll do it that way, and that would be totally cool as well. I, I like picking everybody else because then you got to watch the show. Yep. That's true as well. Yeah. 
So you gotta watch. So the maybe show we'll to just win. do that anyway. Yeah, you gotta watch the show to win. All right, all right. People are saying it's fair as is, so that's how we will continue to do it. Anyhow, congratulations to the winner. You will be getting your twenty dollars gift card. Message to you by Steve. Uh, moving on, or we have a couple more small notes. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z announced a new character that I think we already knew about a little bit, but we now have um, some some confirmation on that. That will be Janemba. What was Janemba from again? He's from, he's pretty- from like from twenty years ago. Like he's one of the bad guys, and I think one of the movies, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, see, it's it's. Uh... I think it was from 20 years ago, and I, I had never heard of this character, and I watched DBZ, like, you know, the Vegeta and Frieza, Boo, Cell Sagas, all that. Um, and I think that he came, uh, Dark Horse wrote an article on Event Hubs um, just explaining who Janemba was. And he's actually, like, this badass, like, fourth dimension kind of character that starts as this giant, like, almost looks like a caterpillar sort of thing, but of course in Dragon Ball Z, everyone evolves into different forms. And, uh, and he can, like, manifest stuff so he manifests a sword and he can he has like these jelly bean portals everywhere or something like that i don't know he's really powerful every he's more powerful than anything but of course the z fighters somehow ascend up and and beat him and then somebody else more powerful comes along rinse and repeat but uh i don't know he seems like a cool enough character especially with the pointy edges and the sword i think he looks good uh, I haven't seen anything in the way of like what kind of moves he does, uh, except for that he has his sword when he slashes it. It sends these like beam particles out, and they look very much like when you have full hearts in Zelda. So he's got that. Yay! And that's everything about Janemba. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. That's, John. Thank you. You yeah. don't have anything to add on Janemba, Steve? I think John got literally everything we could ever possibly know. Um, no, I wanted to talk so much about Janemba. I'm surprised they don't actually have John do the trailers and introduce each character's lore. <laughs> okay, so, um, like, <laughs> I'd do it. I'd do it for free. By the way, thank you, Meg Negro, uh, for subscribing. 19 months in a row, damn. And a very good Street Fighter V player at that, so thank you, Meg Negro. Um, yeah, also- yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, in other news, uh, Toshinsai announces Street Fighter V for 2020, and they will be holding a 3v3 qualifier for the event in Vegas the day before Evo. So this might make some people change their flights, and this might make some people debate what they're doing uh, to get into this. Do you have any more info on that, Steve? Uh, so yeah, Toshinsai. This was the arcade event I was talking about when we talked about the Arc Revo World Tour. Uh they just started announcing their 2020 lineup. Street Fighter V is the first game on that lineup. This is the arcade tournament. Uh, it's Japanese style, so it's th- it's a team event. It's single elimination. So you lose. Thanks for playing. You're done. Uh, this will be held. Uh, the qu- U.S. qualifier will be held uh, in Vegas. Uh, at the Wall Gaming Lounge uh, on the Thursday before Evo begins. The winning team will all get uh, flights out to Japan for Toshinsai 2020. So if you're in Vegas, uh, you'll want to follow Toshinsai underscore PR uh, for more information on that. Uh, Well, wait, there's an English account. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, 
No, it is Toshinsight PR. So. And and that was not the or Toshinsight EN. Excuse me. Okay. So that's be good to watch. And that will not. That was not the only Evo news we got this weekend either. With Evo rapidly approaching, you know, only a little over a month away at this point, uh, or actually under a month away. Um, we also heard uh, the new updated leaderboard for entrance that Mister Wizard likes to tweet out um, with ominous comments afterwards. And I don't know if we have a slide for that as well. We but, don't have the slide, but I can just list it off. Read it off. Uh, Street Fighter or Super Smash Ultimate. In number one, no question about that. Tekken 7 in second, Street Fighter 5 in third, Sam Show in fourth. Hell yeah. Then you've got MK11, Unist, DBFZ, Soul Calibur, and uh, Cross BB Tag uh, bringing up the rear. I think for the most part, that's not that surprising. Um, it still feels weird seeing the Street Fighter 5 at the top, but with how successful Ultimate has been. That doesn't really surprise me. Tekken overtaking Street Fighter is something that's kind of been brewing and, and coming. Um, the big news is really how the hell is Samurai Showdown in fourth? Um, there's no free t-shirt, not like the KOF year. There's no free entry. They are just, they did it. Like, I mean, part of it might be that the game hadn't been out yet. So people entered thinking, why not? Um, the game wasn't out when they announced that it was at Evo, but... It's pretty impressive that, you know, such an old IP brought back um, was able to do that. So shout outs to SNK. And yeah. part of that is because when it was announced, there is a certain section of the FGC that, of course, played it. And those that did, I, it feels like I've heard mostly fond memories about it. So with how they were talking about it, plus the glimpses of the footage, the game looks really good. Um, and, and that's like the majority of the information people had to go off of. And so I can see why a lot of people would sign up for it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is something that's it's already it's already been around. You just aren't very familiar with it because it's been a while. Uh, it's it's fun. It's good. And and hey, it looks real nice. Join in. Um, since it's come out, people have started to complain about a lot. Well, not a lot of things, a few things about it. Um, namely, like how slow it is and how it kind of it really doesn't seem to be formulated to be an an esports game. But in the way that we kind of know esports here in 2019, it's you know we talked about that. It's fairly slow and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I'm still feeling like it's not going to do too well past Evo. I hope it does, but um, I think that's why it would have gotten as many number or as big of a number as it did or it has. I'll say one thing for the game, which just real quick, which is that there's a lot of, you know, old school players here from, you know, hearkening back to the arcade eras in Austin that don't like a lot of new games. And almost universally, they do like Sam Show. So if there are any, you know, wayward ST players in your scene that scoff at you playing SF5, you might want to ask them to play this because I have seen a lot of interest from old school FGC players in this game because it does not take the new mechanics of fighting games and, and plaster them to an old IP. It is an old Sam show game through and through. So yeah. and I, I, I'm definitely surprised that it's ahead of MK 11 because it, it, it feels like MK is doing a lot of things, right? At least on the esports side. Um, so I thought there, and as successful as it was uh, commercially, I thought that would have translated to a bit more, um, interest at least initially in events uh, so I don't know if that's a bad sign for MK or a great sign for 
uh, Sam show. I really, really hope it's the latter. Um, you're hearing things like physical copies sh- sh- selling out or nearly selling out in Japan for that game. So hopefully this means that they're exceeding expectations. Well, do you know off the top of your head what MK's entrance numbers for CEO looked like? Uh, it was second. It was, I think, six-something. Smash had more than double everything. Yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. Let me... I can pull it up real quick. Uh, Smash was Smash over 2,000, was 11... Or, sorry. No. Here we go. But Smash... yeah, I would never see Samurai Showdown as higher than MK. Like, I, I, I almost kind of don't believe it, <laughs> you know, what you were saying. MK was 531... Uh, Smash was eleven sixty four. Street Fighter Five was four forty nine. Tekken was three ninety one. Well, that is interesting. And the other interesting news that came out about that is someone asked Mister Wizard later in the same Twitter thread, "Does this mean this is the end of Last Game SF five? To which Mister Wizard said, "And I quote, we are going to shake things up this year!" Exclamation point. End quote. What that means, y'all can chime in because I have no fucking idea. Well, I mean, we're seeing it at a lot of uh, premiere events. You know, uh, Street Fighter V has had six premiere events so far, and at th- and at two of them or at four of them, it wasn't the main game or it wasn't the last game out. Now, most of that correlates to it not being the. Uh, game with the most entrance. The only uh, event where that where it was going earlier than just straight entrance rank was at MCR. But you also see, you know, Street Fighter aiming for earlier time slots. You know, like like I said, NCR they had their finals at I want to say three o'clock local time on the West Coast, which was you know which was ahead of two other games that it had more entrance than so. The idea that Street Fighter V won't close the day out isn't far-fetched. Me personally, I've said for quite a while that I think it's going to be Smash closing it out, and I think there's a TV deal that's going to be announced alongside with that. And I'm sticking with that prediction right now. You know, the other thing is that... So I've been a Street Fighter fan over everything else uh, for the last 10 years or so, right? And as long as I've been kind of doing this competitively. And I I have the sentiment, and I think a lot of uh, fellow people in the same boat have the sentiment, that it's not all that bad if you're not the last game. I agree. You know, uh, it's kind of nice when you finish and it's still daylight outside. Or um, also, you know, a lot of people are going to be waiting around specifically for the uh, whatever the Street Fighter announcement that we think we're getting at Evo is. And, hey, if it's like the third to last game, it's like, four or five hours earlier that you're going to get that. So, um, like, I get the prestige of having it be at the end. And as far as I've seen it, it's always been Street Fighter at the end of Evo. But um, if they're not, like, as a Street Fighter fan, that's not a problem for me. I'm, I'm like, that's that's totally cool if you want to have it earlier in the day. Maybe it doesn't mean it's, like, the, the center stage game as much. And if you care about that kind of a thing, well, then that sucks. But I think people are going to be mostly fine with however they do this. I mean, we're coming, you know, if you're a hardcore Street Fighter fan, um, at least for the last eight years, you're you're not used to this. You know, it was always either Street Ultra Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 4 in some form or Marvel with Street Fighter 5 being second to last. There was always that top two. 
and then it was always Street Fighter V for the beginning. So it's not that big of a deal in terms of what it actually means, but for a lot of people, this is, this represents a change to this idea that maybe the Street Fighter slot isn't necessarily the number one slot right now, which isn't uh, that big of a deal. It's just something that a lot of people aren't used to right now. This is a well, it feel like a win for for like if Sam show were the you know well that's probably not gonna be the last game but like it'll feel like a win for someone that hasn't been there and it won't feel like much of a loss for Street Fighter that's what I guess we're kind of getting at. To me, yeah. this is a win for everyone in some way though, because this is by far the most competitive these games have had to be versus each other, and I don't think it's really competitive. I think it's good. I think people are sharing the spotlight. There are six games that stick out to me for having like an incredible Evo year lined up for them. You have Street Fighter V, which is always you know a hype Evo, and it's always the biggest tournament of the year. Tekken is suddenly above Street Fighter. Smash is new. It's its first Evo, and it's the biggest game. MK, it's its first Evo, and it's had a huge year. Sam Show, it's its first big tournament when the game's been out over a week. Eunice finally makes it into Evo after like six years of sitting in the dirt. Like, it is a year where you have all these games where every single fan is super hyped for this tournament. And, I mean, that's not to put down Soul Calibur. I believe this is its first Evo. BB Tag had a great Evo last year. And if there's another game, well, fuck me. <laughs> I might have forgotten one. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's not... Uh, it's it's going to be good. DBFB? It's going to be a great Evo. DB, oh, DB, well, okay. I'm... Not gonna sugarcoat that. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. It one. had its spot in the time. Or the, the time <laughs> I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Um, but yeah, that's there too. Oh man, DBFC is killing me right now. Um, DBF. I mean, Evo. We know it's gonna be on the DBFC World Tour, right? I think that's the only event we know is gonna be on the DBFC World Tour. So for it, all we it, know, it might be the only one. So that's great. There are, and I tweeted about this earlier, partly as a joke and partly just because it made me frustrated. There are two to-be-determined events slighted in the in-between CEO and Evo. And we still don't know what those two events are. You know, the whole point of having a tour like this is to promote the game, to get players to go out to these events so that they can play that game at a high level and show what how fun the game can be. And if you're not even telling people which events they want to go to, three, two, three weeks out from when they're actually happening, what's the freaking point? The point is they're doing things differently, Steve. That's they're doing things differently, exclamation point, this year. So... Um, this, this made me come up with John's, John talked about the, what Street Fighter might announce and what Capcom might announce at EVO this year. And this made me come up with an impromptu contest right now for you, the viewers, which is if you can guess exactly what Capcom announces at EVO. And I mean like season super Street Fighter five and the new characters are X, Y, and Z. You can get every you I I don't even know what the prize is yet, but you're gonna get something good. And it won't only be Chun Li costumes, but will include Chun Li costumes. Also, we want a full transcript of Ono's speech. Verbatim. Yes, um that's also part of the no. No, I'm it, saying we'll be I will be I will be good about this. If you say 
you know, the characters are going to be Nadeshko as a solo character, and it's going to be Super Street Fighter, and it's coming out. You don't even have to say when it's coming out. Just tell us what's going to be announced, and I will we'll, do something. We'll come up with rules for it this coming week, and then we'll 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 make it official next week. And it has to be something. It can't be nothing. You can't just say nothing's going to happen and then win. So there you go. That's my rules. What do you two think will be announced? And Alon, what do you think? What do, what do y'all think will be announced? We might have, we might have gotten a slight clue as to what that would be uh, with the uh, trailer for Capcom Cup, because they showed off. Uh, it wasn't just a trailer for Capcom Cup that they showed at the end of CEO. It was also a trailer for the Street Fighter League World Championship, which will pit top teams from the U.S. League versus top teams from the Japan League. And the big key here was that at the end of the trailer, they promoted this as two killer events, one ultra weekend. Emphasis on ultra, mine. So the question is, Maybe are we seeing an Ultra Street Fighter Five soon? Dude, it's around the same sort of time. Like I said last week, that we got Ultra Street Fighter Four. It's the same sort of situation where that kind of thing could happen. And I just say that because it shows that Capcom is capable of doing something like that. They're talking about trying to meet people's expectations, and I don't think they're saying that in like the how expectations have completely fallen off. So. Man, I really do think that that's kind of a super ultra whatever, some kind of a big upgrade, like the next version of Street Fighter V. I feel like it really makes sense. This trailer is kind of sick, by the way. I have to get Yeah, I like the fonts. They've been, honestly, the trailer game, their their promo game for CPT has been on point this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's been on point for a while, but especially this year. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I think we might see something along those lines. All right, so two killer events. One Dude. ultra weekend. <sighs> okay, well, what do you think? I, you can't read Capcom, first of all, because I've been trying to do it for the last four years and just failed miserably just by going off of patterns. And so that ultra could mean jack shit, but, but maybe. Donka, you were, you were saying, though, that you don't think it's going to be a big... Overhaul something. I, you know, now that I hadn't seen that trailer, so if they really called it one Ultra Weekend, I think there's a pretty good chance. I think that Ultra Street Fighter Five is a weird announcement to make this late in the game. I wonder if they pull in enough people to make it worth it, but I also wonder what they put into it. You know, Street Here's- Fighter Five Arcade Edition was a half-assed story mode and some small changes to the game. They can they can say a lot and they can put a title on something, but it all depends on what they actually change, how much that means. So, um, I, we've been talking about this on the Event Hubs podcast a bit, and um, Catalyst pointed out, and, and I don't know how much I subscribe to this idea, but it's worth bringing up here. Uh, so, if you flash back to when they announced or they they released Kage, they did the season four update, and they said we're doing things differently, and then obviously we haven't heard anything since then. It could have been that Capcom basically said that as a a little bit of a placeholder, not knowing what they were going to do next, because one of two things could happen. And they were going to base what they did next, and what they did next could have been 
Street Fighter V's next update, or it could have been going into Street Fighter VI based on the announcement for what the next-gen consoles are going to be. So they had to wait for, well, so far Microsoft has made their move and showed that the next-gen console from Microsoft will be in the end of next year. We expect that Sony will probably be making a similar announcement in the sometime in the near future. So it might have been that they were kind of holding out for that, then made their call once they knew when the new console was coming out to go one route or the other. Uh, I don't know that that's that's not what I necessarily believe. That's just something that's kind of been floating out there. Someone that uh, someone that's involved in all of this kind of stuff and keeps their ear to the ground has proposed. So, thought I'd share. I also I also have an opinion. Well, What's not an opinion? opinion, a thought. Um, What's your thought? So, going along with John's thought about the uh, about the next gen console, I think mm-hmm. what might happen is we might be getting an Ultra Street Fighter Five, and it's remember. Xkira, when he would look at the game code and we saw what a, all of that yeah, stuff. What a guy. Yeah, we, we would see all of that stuff that the devs put in the game as placeholders but didn't necessarily use. So, I'm thinking... Peter? Yeah. <laughs> DLC. DLC Peter? Yeah, yeah wow, DLC be... Peter is finally coming out. No. Uh, Let's go! No, <laughs> I think what might be happening is... Uh, in anticipation of the new console, they probably are. If if they are working on a Street Fighter Six, I'm assuming they're gonna start working. Or I'm assuming they're working with it towards the new console, right? So, what's the possibility that we are getting an Ultra Street Fighter Five, and all of those mechanics that they used as placeholders are just going to be released and usable? Could be. I, I could see something. I mean, I'm at the point where I think if they put in V Skill Two, it's kind of like who cares. That's not going to make anyone like Street Fighter Five that doesn't. So I'm intrigued to see what it's going to be. It does sound like it'll be something now that I've seen that trailer. So it, but the but it's wide open. It could be Street Fighter Six. It could be Ultra. It could be Kage Two. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I do think that the situation surrounding Ultra Street Fighter Four and when it came out, as far as the community and the fans' feelings toward it, is different. I think that more people were excited to play 4 at this point in 4's life than are excited to play 5. It's not to say that they're not excited to play 5, but I think there's a little more fervor and hype for 4. And um, and but, but that's from the community side of things. If you go from the developer side of things, they're all in on esports, and this is the only game they have. They have to keep it going. And if they don't have another Street Fighter or something else to take its place coming out for another you know, two years, they got to keep milking Street Fighter Five. They would probably need this kind of an update to keep it going that long. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the difference for that, just real quick, is that Street Fighter Four was the renaissance of fighting games. And for a lot of people, it was the first fighting game they ever played seriously or played in a tournament or cared to see what the next new version of was. It is starkly the opposite with Street Fighter Five. Most Street Fighter V players, and this is just me talking, I don't have data on this, but I feel pretty confident about it, came from another game first. They either came from Street Fighter, or they came from Marvel, or they came from something. And so it's different when you've seen other games before and you're hyped for something else as opposed to this is the game that got you to the FGC, this is the game you love. It's getting a new version. So food for thought. Yeah. Um, Steve, did you way- say what you think? Uh, yeah, I kind of did. Uh, I yeah. what I really think is that we should thank Pedantic Slim, Pedantic Sim, excuse me. Uh, they subscribed once again, so thank you, Pedantic. All right, two real quick things, and then we'll move on to our block grab and our question of the day. Um, two just real quick things. 
We have that Twitch Rivals has announced they are going to be hosting MK11 as their new Twitch Rivals game. And Steve can tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, Yeah, this is going to take place next Tuesday, uh, if I remember correctly. Yes, Tuesday the 9th. Uh, So the Twitch Rivals is sort of a tournament that features a bunch of different uh, Twitch personalities, uh, partners, affiliates. Uh, So it won't necessarily be like Sonic Fox and Dragon. It might be like Soda Poppin or Tyler. Is Tyler one on Twitch now? I don't know. I think he's back, but I don't know how popular he is at this point. But yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot of them playing Mortal Kombat next week. So something to check out. Well, Dr. Disrespect would be a perfect fit with that new Kano intro. So, I mean, maybe they'll put him in there. (laughs) We went there. Um, Another quick piece of news. Um, Talking Chicken, a.k.a. Matt, made a Unist app that works with Alexa. So the next time you're arguing with your friend that he's hitting a button after he's minus, you can ask, what is Wagner's 5B on block? And she will tell you. So that's really cool. I think that would honestly be useful. And if not useful, it'd be fun for arguing with your friends while you're playing. Um, And I would not be surprised if other people piggyback on that idea and do that. I believe this app is free if it's already released. He said in the thread it would be free if it's not already released. So you can pick that up. Still waiting for uh, certification. Still waiting for certification. Uh, I threw the link in the chat to uh, the tweet that shows it off. And then with that, I think we can get into our question of the day. So uh, during CEO, there was one, there are a few pop-offs, but there was one pop-off that attracted a bunch of attention. This was daddy. uh, (laughs) He, he had, uh, there was an exchange on Twitter between him and Scar before the tournament. Basically, Scar was discounting one of his earlier wins, saying it was only because it was first to two instead of first to three. Uh, And Daddy, uh, a.k.a. Buffalo, did not take all that kindly to that. So when he got the win in tournament, uh, he let him know how he felt. And he let him know how he felt uh, very, very uh, thoroughly, shall we say. Gosh. And yes, Ultra David's confirming he just turned 16. So, for if that gives any context, Daddy I mean, he, is 16. He looks when I when I'm watching this, uh, you know, I know he's yelling at Scar, but he looks like he's just as well yelling at his mom for not letting him go out to the thing. You know, it, it was just there's a lot of passion in that, and, and I mean, I wasn't there, but it was like I don't know. It felt it felt pretty over the top. It was that was intense. You know what my favorite part of that is? Like he starts running out of energy towards the end, but he still keeps going. He's but we like we asked through. y'all what you think, and we'll we'll share our thoughts after that. I think, right? Ah, uh, yeah, we can definitely do that. So the question of the day was: after seeing that pop off, uh, what did you think of it? You know, was it entertaining? Uh, did it go over the top? Was it too far? Uh, Joey B twenty twenty nine said it was one hundred percent entertaining and justified. You're not going to disrespect dude and try to discredit him and then get too old by said dude and not expect him to drop bars. Scar 110% brought him on to, brought it on himself, and that was 100% justified. Uh, Sabretooth0023 said no one can question Scar's samurai steel composure 
or question Buffalo's passion. They loved it and hated it at the same time. They thought it added and took away from the event at the same time. Uh, AZ Mark Anthony said a lot of people talking about it don't know the actual story behind it, uh, but said that, you know, it was him getting, it was Buffalo's emotions getting the best of him. Uh, and they were, you know, like I said, exchanging barbs on Twitter in the buildup. So it, it was coming. Uh, Silver PR said that they thought the TOs on stage let that go for 10 to 15 seconds longer than it needed to. Uh, regardless of the history of the two competitors, it was a bad look for the MK Pro competition, especially if they want to draw sponsors and make the scene grow. Uh, King Hippo, who has written on similar things in the past, said that while they think it went on a little longer than it needed to, the idea that this pop-off is the one that broke the camel's back is laugh-out-loud funny. And then Rixian said it did not go too far if you call it for what it is. It's not a pop-off. It's an insecure man-child throwing a tantrum for not getting the approval he wants. Um, so, yeah, uh, this was what, – what do you guys think about this? You know, I, I this is – this is the most I've kind of dug into it and really like sat and concentrated um, outside of seeing uh, Stephanie Lindgren's photos, which are awesome. One of them makes it look like Buffalo's going uh, Super Saiyan 3 or Nikali hair uh, because she caught it right in the middle of the action. Um, but as far as analyzing all of this goes, uh, people are saying that it's justified because there's a lot of smack talking on Twitter. It's like, uh, first of all, no, I get it. I get it. The emotions are there and I get it. It's a 16 year old. And a lot of us that maybe wouldn't have done that, like I can say right now, even if I was getting smack talked on Twitter and such in that situation, I would not have handled it like that because his approach there, when you look into his eyes and you look at how he's coming, it's like, it's, it's kind of more than a game at that point. That's going off of the emotion of his pride and such. And this is like any second, this could turn into a physical altercation and go way the hell too far. It didn't feel comfortable. And, um, and I don't think it needed to go there. That said, I think that all of us can think back to a time in our lives where even if we wouldn't have done that as we are today, we might have done it then. And 16 is a time for that kind of a thing. So um, I'm I, like, this doesn't need to go on Buffalo's permanent record or anything like that. I think he should probably, you know, kind of take inventory of how he, you know, deals with things and, and such. But uh, all's well that ends well, and hopefully things don't get this heated. Learn to let stuff kind of wash off your back, especially on social media, and let's not have fights in the future. Yeah, and that's especially important because, you know, at CEO, there was an incident, not related to a pop-off, but uh, someone who couldn't hold their liquor uh, got into a physical altercation with another person. Um, so... It's very, you know, I don't want to say it's very easy for things like this to turn physical, but when you have that much emotion, that much intensity, folk, you know, and and they're via, they're in their each other's personal space that close, I think it could go in a quick second, you know, and it, you know, Scar isn't someone who's quick to anger, but it's one of those things where you never know. So even though if it was entertaining to see. Even though I love seeing that sort of passion, you know, that it matters this much to him, you got to make sure that it doesn't reach that point above all else. Because mm -hmm. I don't want anything 
to happen. Not not just because it would make us look bad, but because I don't want anything to happen. It was an interesting yeah. it was an interesting thing to me. I thought it was pretty entertaining, and I think a lot of people thought that. And the sole issue to me is basically what you just mentioned, which was was he too physically close? Um there would have been no justification for punching him or anything, and Scar came nowhere close to that. Scar handled it like a king, you know. He just stood there and he took it and he he commented, you know, gracefully about it on Twitter. And frankly, it made it, you know, all that more entertaining to watch Scar just kind of stone facing it while Buffalo gets in his face. And Buffalo didn't do anything physical, but he did get real close. And as you mentioned, there is too close to where, you know, you start to threaten physical to the other guy. And there's I, I don't have an you know exact range for that, but he was approaching it. So hopefully the next time he screams at someone, it's from like a foot farther. But yelling at people is going to be part of this. And it's part of the entertainment value of the sport, in my opinion. And if you get rid of any sort of trash talk, you're going to get rid of, you know, a lot of what makes this entertaining. And it wasn't manufactured. It was it was funny and it was it was real. So as long as he just steps a foot back next time, I think it'd be a different story. But he was really close. I will I will say that. And I'm actually working on an article right now about how this is just a clear, uh, unequivocal evidence that violent video games make you into a violent person, oh, especially yeah, if you're playing them at impressionable ages, like 16. Yeah, I, I will say seriously, though, uh, that, you know, it, it's sort of like that famous uh, Supreme Court ruling on obscenity. I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. And that's the same thing with if a pop off is too much. You know, I can't put a finger on exactly what makes it too much, but I can tell you that this was was definitely too much for my taste. Well, I think it's just an opportunity for us as well as Buffalo to learn a lesson about where the line is. And, you know, I think we did. (laughs) But yet, yet again, thankfully, nothing happened. It ended up being Scar has since retweeted pictures of the moment. And I think he takes it all in good fun. And I think Buffalo's apologized at least slightly. So. There you yeah, go. I got to give shout outs to Scar for keeping his cool because he is the, you know, he's kind of the guy to beat right now and he got beat 2-0 and now this guy's popping off and it's in front of everybody and a huge event like CEO and all he did was a, was a little like, you know, flipping the bird and that's it. So thank you, Scar. Which was the appropriate response. I mean, it was literally the only thing yeah. he could have. It was perfect. So yeah. I'm glad it went that way. And as Steve mentioned, it easily might not have gone that way if different people had been in the situation. So. We know now. All right. So we got a few minutes left. Okay. Um, And we got a lot of these entrances to go through. Uh, Let me me propose something. Let's do this in two parts. Um, Because I want to make sure we get through all of these. Uh, So can we do like three or four this week and then do the rest next week as Black Grab? Y'all cool with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. All right. So it's time for Black Rap. Black Rap. Black Rap. What? What? Black Rap. What you going to do now? Black Rap. Black Rap. Probably going to block. I'm going to be honest. I I haven't seen these, and I'm predicting many blocks. I was hoping that Steve would do that for seven more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) We're out of time, I guess. All right. So uh, I don't have them in any specific order, so I'll just call them out. All right. All right. Uh, so we're doing four, yeah? Sure. You know, I, 
yeah, we, okay. we can go over Ultra Chen starting like 20 minutes late. So I don't know how late you guys can stay, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Yeah. Uh, first is, oh boy, I can't even. Uh, it's Ally. 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 All right, here we go. Ally. All right. That, okay. Ally is a snake player from Canada. I see Phenomenal EE and some other cast. Oh, it's Snake! Okay, he CQC'd the caster. He came out of the box. And then here comes the best part. Oh, the second the one. Is that what I think it is? Uh, that is a thousand. Oh, Ooh. all right. He got it with the. Okay. <laughs> you know, the execution. Oh, no, he fumbled on the bottom. A row. little so amateur, but the idea is there. So I'll give him a grab. I'll give him a grab for that. All right. Spoiler alert. The bar for the rest of the event had been set very, very low because we had seen a whole lot of nothing. You know, the occasional breakout And that was not great. Don't get me wrong. I didn't love that, but it, it was creative. That It was creative. It was funny. And it was so much better than what we had seen the rest of the weekend. So that is an absolute grab. I grab for Bowsette fake out. Yeah, I'm going to grab it for the Bowsette fake out too. All, All right. right. All right, up next, uh, the buzz. Okay, the buzz walks out with some dudes. Um, he's talking, but I can't hear it. Can the chat hear it? Uh, uh, no, chat can't hear it. We had trouble hearing it live, but he was saying some stuff from Avengers Endgame. Uh, oh, oh, did you restart it? Yeah, now the chat can hear it, kind of. Okay, so yeah. Just <laughs> checking if the microphone's on. I don't care if this is our generation's magnum opus. This intro sucks. Like, whatever he's saying, this is bad. Also, he was definitely the second guy to have an Infinity Gauntlet. So, very lame. We did two Infinity Gauntlets? Yeah. Can we do knees next for comparison? This is a huge block, and I, I actually just want you to turn it off. <laughs> Nobody else gets a nobody else gets a vote. You guys want to? You guys gonna grab that? Who's grabbing? I I I, I like the idea, but I I just feel like it was done so much better earlier in the day. So I'm gonna I have to block. Yeah, well I don't like the idea, and I'm gonna still block it. Bam. All right. Uh, okay. Fine. Uh, John, you blocked it, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Here. All right. Someone else can talk about the next one. Yeah. Commentate. Right. Commentate on the upcoming. Here. Here, uh, here intro, is, John. Here is, as requested, uh, the Hado introducing me. me. Oh, was that Kikoma in uh, in a Kazumi outfit? Yes. That's yes. He, he he played uh, in Kazumi cosplay, which was great. But <laughs> then you have me coming out, just walking out, and then bam, just like that. You know, no no showmanship to it, or or no pageantry to it. He, he's not walking out like, I'm going to put on the Thanos club. I am fucking Thanos. That's how he's walking up. Like, oh, what's this thing? Oh, this is just how I normally walk. Because I take souls in this game. And then he takes souls in this game. That yes. is why it's a grab for me. Yeah, he has the presence here. The whip around right here. Authority. Authority. And even though he has some problems keeping all of the fingers down, like he's uh, 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 got him. It's still worth it. I'll still grab him. I mean, sadly, compared to what else I saw, this, like, might be the best one of the weekend. Like, I don't even, like, 
I, if I have to give grabs, this would be a grab. But to me, it's kind of boring. I don't know. He doesn't really do anything. I think, to be honest, like the stage being this big and the arena being this big made it harder on people. Because back when it was kind of a you know a small wrestling ring in the back of a in the back of a con or a, not, not a, a conference room. room but a ballroom, you could take up a lot more of the stage and it was full and it felt like people cared. But this you have to have a lot of presence to fill up an arena this big, and I just don't think anyone had that presence. So we I'm, need to give pyros to everybody. If they did that, then we can we could really flesh these out. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think my favorite part of that was watching or was seeing Kakoma in the, uh, in the Kazumi outfit. <laughs> Did you see the part where someone tried to give him his number and, the, and then mouth to him? Call me. That's probably better than any of the intros. Yeah, I, I would agree <laughs> with that. But right. Uh, and then last but not least, cause this is number four. Right Cause there. there were good ones of these, right? Like Dominions was great. Like even K Brad's was good, right? That's what made these so popular. So all of yeah. these just pale in comparison to that. But, yeah, yeah. go ahead with number four. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Number four is uh, Dual Kevin. Dual Kevin. So I saw so. this one, and I thought this was really cringe-inducing and bad. You thought it was that bad? What is this? He, he, what are they doing? He's bringing out the Marvel crew. He's like he's he's bringing the entire Marvel scene with him. He's the Marvel player. He's asking when's Marvel. So what is he a because... necromancer? Like I don't fucking know, man. Like who cares about this shit? <laughs> I think all the Marvel players really appreciated this one, and everybody else thought, all right, Marvel players, get, all right, do your thing. It's fine. Uh, we actually got an inbox uh, submission of someone talking about this and saying that this was like a moment for Marvel, and. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't end up making it an article. It, it's about <laughs> the man respecting and paying homage to where he came from. And like I said, the bar had been set so low this year. I got to grab. I got to grab on this one. Look, I think the I think the most interesting thing, it, I think, would have been the crowd reaction to, I guess, like, he used the, like, the intro to Marvel 3, right? Where it's like, Capcom presents. Yeah. Marvel, I feel like that reaction would have been, like, pretty cool to be there live but i think everything else was like eh. he got like nemo to join and, and come out and all those people and such and i mean it was it had some some heart behind it it had some uh, uh there's a foundation you could appreciate it i'll grab it on that especially if everything else is kind of like lukewarm at best but uh yeah i didn't knock my socks off for sure just like marvel infinite i'm definitely old man yells at cloud Right, like that's for sure. Like no, no one doubts that, including myself. But these actually sucked. Like this is not just me saying they sucked. Even Steve is like prefacing his grabs with like a you know even he's like yeah, and that's how you know they're this bad. Okay, let let can we end it on on a high note then? Yes. The one that Go I ahead. know you're gonna love. Hit him with the torpedo entrance. Okay. Have you seen this one? I have. I okay. kind of like this what one in a weird it? way. Oh, uh, there's no audio to it. Oh, I can't hear it anyway. Tokido okay. has some I've champion never seen swagger. Tokido have this much in personality before winning a tournament. But watch, watch. Oh my god! This could have ended right here <laughs> instead of going on that long. But but overall, I thought it was true to himself. This might be my favorite one you've shown so far, just because it wasn't like. Too long. Was was the song Maniac? 
Yeah, if it was Maniac, then 100%. <laughs> I don't think it was. But, like, uh, they were referencing it on uh, on uh, the, the commentary, but I don't think it was. I mean, he it's you ever seen that uh, Saturday Night Live sketch with the death of Superman? Yes. And, like, the Flash comes in and he's lamenting, like, he had all these all other powers, did Superman, and all I could do was run fast. That's what this feels like. It's like, all I can do is just run kind of fast in place. <laughs> I, I I got a block. I'm sorry. Didn't you just build this one as the one we were all going to grab and you just blocked it? I That's called lying. I didn't think you were capable of that, Steve. I didn't hate this one as much. My problem with these entrances, and I think I made this rant like a year ago today, is that people just copy wrestlers. And it's not interesting to me. I'd rather just watch a YouTube video of the wrestler doing his own entrance than watch xsk samurai like wave his arms around in a circle or see infiltration to a striptease like those don't enter- entertain me at all this you were least... entertained by nearly naked infiltration no, not even a little bit like i thought it was oh, i God. thought it could have been much better this felt like it was tokido's best try and his own personality and so despite the fact that it was not great i don't think it was cringy or overdone so to me, that wins in a field of only cringy and overdone. Sorry. <laughs> you won't even say grab. Get I'll, off my I'll lawn, grab, Dr. I'll grab it. We need lawn. Efren back to be a little more positive here. But, yes, go, go John, and Alon. I, I don't know. I don't – I appreciate it because it, because Tokido kind of, like, played to the crowd and he's usually so stone-faced and, and such. And so him getting into it – I think I was kind of interested in, at uh, – uh, Nemo getting into the last one too, being part of the uh, the procession and such. So I like that. Yeah, I, I didn't. It didn't make the hair on my arm stand up or anything like that. But uh, I, I'll grab it if it needs to be grabbed. <laughs> You're just rubbing in that you have hair. Just trying to make me feel bad. Uh, did anybody else completely forget that he did that until just now, or was that just me? <laughs> I didn't see it. Well, he got beat so bad in top eight that it was a pretty quick turnaround. You know what, Block? Because I had my money on Tokido, and uh, and he failed me there directly to the guy that beat me. So, not happy about it. Well, what I meant was like that's from what was it? Somebody filmed him doing that at like E League, the running in place thing. Tokido. Yeah, he should have done the uh, the measuring stick. Like, he should have measured all the way out from the ring or something like that. I don't know. Dude, that'd be Some dope. Cool like, him, like, fl- like yeah, bungee Yeah, I just cording. came up with that yeah. in two seconds. Yeah, him bungee cording in on, like, a measuring tape. I think if they are going to make these CEO entrants any good at all, they need to actually do what they do in wrestling, or at least what they used to do, and interview them in the room beforehand. So you get to see them talk shit on the mic and then walk out. I feel like that would add a lot. And that is what I would do if I was entering. I would just talk so much shit on the mic beforehand, and then I'd walk out and you could boo me. And that would be the best 80% of entrance. these players would not talk shit, though. Okay, well, they, then for you. they shouldn't be good. <laughs> they shouldn't be good. Someone who talks shit needs to be better than them for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, here's I, the I deal. Okay, here's the real deal. Tonight. Wrestlers are chosen in part, and, and not only in part, in full, because they are entertaining. 
The people who make top eight at CEO earn their way there through competition and not through being entertaining. So we do have to cut them some slack, but this not this much slack because this year they just sucked. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's uh, a good note to end on. Yep. Yeah. So much for ending on a positive note, Steve. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he was lying. Yeah, he did lie. I'm well, this was, the, be- this was best of five. Um, we will be back next week as always. Efren will probably be back to shine some bright light on the show. Um, as, as Steve mentioned, there's a bunch of tournaments to look forward to and Evo's coming up in a month. So get ready. Think about who you think is going to win. Cause we will definitely have a pick show like we always do coming up in the next few weeks. Good night, Canada. Love you. Miss you. Bye. <laughs>